What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every single Bare Naked Lady song from 7 to Y. And this week we're talking about the farm. We were just talking about being off to the races, and we're going to talk a little bit about the races and and about the, the farm this week as we take a very different direction and, and talk about Straw Hat and Old Dirty Hank. Yeah. But before we do that, I should introduce my co-host for the evening, Heidi, Betsy, and Stefan. Welcome. Hello. And joining us, I've been looking forward to having this guest on. He is the lead singer of the What Nows? And no, that's the name of the band. I'm not asking. Like, that's that is the name of the band. And he actually spearheaded put together this whole album several albums um but one specific album called rudy reboots naked amazing by the way it's on Bandcamp. it is on Bandcamp, and it is a ska punk covers of bare naked lady song and it is amazing andrew thank you for joining us hey no problem thank you for having me Tell us a little bit about your project before we start talking about this song. Um, so this project was kind of born based on my own uh, confusion at music that I love not being covered in the genre that I love. Uh, it started with me wanting to cover a Ben Folds song, and I was like, where are all the Ben Folds ska covers? So I, I searched, and I couldn't find a single one. So I was like, screw it <laughs> i'm gonna take it to the internet and i'm gonna make it happen and then i kind of just got the ball rolling i was like what are other bands that kind of are likely to have a a nice venn diagram where in the middle sky and whatever band there'd be a lot of people that would probably be interested in both combining and bare naked ladies was one that came to my head pretty quickly um so that was the second one. And then this Friday we have, well, I guess this will be in the future. So last Friday, two Fridays ago, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> December 30th, uh, They Might Be Giants will be out. Um, and yeah, we got a bunch of things planned. We got Broadway musicals coming up, Prince after that. It's going to be insane. I am stoked about Broadway music. I, yeah, I'm going to look up that up. I have 
That's all stuff I'm interested in. So that sounds awesome. Broadway geek. So I'll uh, I'll I'll send over uh, an early copy of ours. We're doing a "You'll Be Back" <gasps> Hamilton, mm-hmm. and because of uh, time constraints, I was like, we're just going to do "They Might Be Giants" and, and Broadway at the same time, save studio time. <laughs> so we already have ours done for April, so we're we're ready to go. Nice. But I can give you guys sneak peeks of that. And I'm always a Prince fan, so that, I'll be very interested when that album comes out. Yeah, we're doing Raspberry Sorbet. <laughs> oh, yeah, Raspberry Sorbet. <laughs> the kind you eat when you're sick with the flu. No, no, no. You wish you had more, but you can only have two. <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm all excited. I love Raspberry Beret. <laughs> And I oh like my goodness! Sorbet, so it's a win-win for me, really. I'm going to pull us back to discussing this week's song, though, because this week's song is a, a pretty cool song, and it's one of the ones. It's actually your the second song on the album that you put together, Andrew. Yes, which is interesting because it's the second the second song on on Born on a Pirate Ship too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I loved the rendition that, that uh, Alex Stern had done. Alex Stern, uh, he's he's a member of the Pomps, uh, which is a band in, in the scene, and he also uh, plays with Big D and the Kids Table, who's one of the bigger bands of the scene. Super nice guy, and I just thought the song turned out fantastic, and I was like, yep, this goes real close to the beginning. Well, if you've never heard the original Straw Hat and Old Dirty Hank, here's a snippet of that song. Mother Nature and Mother Earth are two of three women who dictate what I'm worth. I'm the farmer. I work in the fields all day. And for everyone else, if you guys haven't heard the version that is on this album, the Rudy Reboots album. Here is a quick snippet for you guys to hear of that. Mother Nature and Mother Earth I'm two of three women who dictate what I'm worth Well, I am a farmer I work in the fields all day Yeah, it's a pretty cool rendition. I like it. <laughs> Very dubby. I love it. Dubby style. Mm. I liked it. So let's talk about the BNL version of the song, though, because even even though uh, Alex Stern did a really good job covering this song, Heidi is holding up her her sheet music for this song. I am. <laughs> Boy, she's gonna have an easy job breaking down the music this week. Then. Oh, I, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this song, as I mentioned before, was on Born on a Pirate Ship. It was written, it's giving credit to have been written by Stephen and Ed. It is their 30th most play song. It has been played 169 times in concert. Wow. But it's interesting, yeah. only twice have they played it since Stephen left. Really? And once that was in Saskatoon. <laughs> Wait, Stephen left? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, we forgot to update you, Stefan. Sorry about that. Oh. 
So uh, however, was the drummer, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't abolish the band after that happened. He does a lot of cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> I like cowbell. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Um, but Steven has actually played this song 23 times on his tours, including yeah. on his Live From Homes, but also like he just played it on his recent tour this year in Boston. I wonder if they gave him the rights to that song. I mean, both the bands got rights. Both bands have rights to the song. So I just think that maybe Steam, Steve loves the song a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he pushed for the 169 times the first time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what actually broke the band up. No one actually says it, but they're like, Steve, <laughs> enough. It was that was the last straw, huh? Oh, oh no. that's, gosh. <laughs> that's an old dirty joke. Um, the last straw hat. <laughs> the last straw. I wasn't told that there would be puns. Oh, oh, lots oh, of them. Lots oh, of as them. many as possible. So many puns. We're very punny. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, I do want to point out, this is, again, one of those songs where it's it's got to be a Canadian thing that they mm-hmm. say, supposedly there is a correct way to say adjectives in the English language. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they chose to put Old Dirty Hank. Because in, yeah. in proper English, you would, would say dirty old Hank. And it's weird because Hank isn't even the name of the character no. that they're talking about. So I don't know where this yeah. even comes from. Yeah, that is maybe Hank Hanker. I don't know. Because his name was Robert Keeling. So that doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, Heidi, I'm going to let you start talking about the music. I got to go take care of my kids and get them into bed real quick here. I'm going to, I get to listen to this later when I edit. So I'm going to let you start telling us about the music and breaking it down. Okay. For the right price. I'll take care of your kids. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's talk about music with me. Let's talk about Star Hot and Dirty. Hey, let's talk about all the chords. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Anyway. Straw Hat and Old Dirty Hank, since Aaron is not here to guess, comes off from Bopes uh, at uh, 3 minutes and 24 seconds, give or take, and from 1996. It has also been on other albums, which Tracy will talk about later. It clocks in at about quarter equals 165 on the original album version on Bopes. It has a basic form of a short introduction in which Stephen breathes heavily um, and it's got that, it's just such a cool ass opening. Um, it has verse one, chorus, verse two, chorus, then that bridge, which then goes into the third verse and a chorus and an outro. It is capoed at three, typically on the guitar, but it does go along with um, a basic chord progression of a minor six, minor one, minor six, minor one chord, minor six, minor one to a five. Uh, the bridge shifts it into a four chord, five chord, one, one progression. Um, if you're playing on a, the guitar, it's E minor to G, E minor to G, which is not a hard transition between E minor and G. Uh, and then, and that basically until he gets to mother nature and mother earth, uh, two of three women who dictate what I'm worth goes into a D chord. Um, and then I am a farmer, E minor to G to D. I work in the fields. 
C all day. Don't mean to alarm her. D to G, E minor to G. To, and I'm fingering it. So if you can't tell, I'm fingering that. Um, wait, that doesn't sound right at all. It's not the most complicated of chord progressions. It's not the most complicated of form structures. Um, doesn't even get crazy with, uh, there's one C major seven I found in there, but that's a rarity. Um, and one, he does throw the F sharp down on the, on the, the bass. Uh, it's a G F sharp chord. Uh, so it's a G slash F sharp, which means you're playing a G chord, but the F sharp is in the, in the bass. So it's, it's not the craziest that we've seen come out of BNL, uh, which we've talked about a lot of crazy uh, chord things. Um, but I, but I think what it does, it does well in terms of bringing it back home, except the outro does leave you on an E minor chord. So it does leave you on a minor six chord, which does not resolve resolve in the outro, which is so, great, <laughs> which is great because it was not resolved with the situation, uh, between right. dear Anne Murray and, uh, Mr. Keeling. So mm-hmm. is he dead? I couldn't figure he's out if dead. He he's very dead. He died. Is he, he very dead? Because he was in his 50s, baby. So I assume he died in 2002. Oh, he did. Oh. Yeah. So point of order with the heavy. So he spread his tiny wings and flew away. I did. Oh. He's bye bye. Um, oh. So according to the. My grandma was a huge the- Anne Murray fan. My mom was a huge Anne Murray fan. So <laughs> we had the vinyl albums. It was. It was growing up in the 70s, man. Anne Murray. Mm-hmm. Well, she had a beautiful voice. I've been so excited to talk about this song. <laughs> Me too. I love this song. So anyway, pretty, pretty basic. Uh, and, and Andrew, you might want to chime in a little bit because I'm flying so um, I first, I first heard Anne Murray uh, a couple days ago when I did research for this song. Uh, I've actually not heard her much, but I did hmm. uh, listen to Snowbird. Beneath it's snowing metal cold and The unborn grass lies waiting for his coat to turn to green The snowbird sings a song he always sings And speaks to me of flowers that will bloom again in spring And you needed me for You wiped it dry I was confused You cleared my mind I sold my soul You bought it back for me And held me up And gave me dignity Somehow you needed me I cried here. You wiped it dry. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so I had actually not heard her before. Uh, I'm. Yeah, you said seventies. I was. I was born in eighty nine. So. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 baby. <laughs> I'm a child. Could I have this dance for the rest? Uh, oh yeah, I grew up with that. I mean, if you if you oh, heck yeah. most of us here are, are living in Maine and you can't live in Maine in the seventies and early eighties without hearing Anna Murray on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think it was a, a staple. I mean you're basically Canada and Maine, so I get it. <laughs> Pretty much. 
You're basically there. Wait, Andrew, where are you? I'm Pennsylvania. Ah, oh. okay. Can so you go down in Jeffland? Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say, can you go a couple of hours down and, and go get Jeff and pull him back yep. for us? Yeah, yeah him out of his house. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's one of our co-hosts that has randomly disappeared. Mind. So Just tell him uh, we know everyone. Everyone knows themselves in in Pennsylvania, right? They know each other, mm -hmm. right? No. <laughs> um, I mean, everyone in like the Philadelphia side knows each other, and everyone on the Pittsburgh side knows each other, but we do not talk. Oh, okay. That you heard that, <laughs> Jeff. Between she'll meet. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, did you guys notice in the liner notes for the heavy breathing? I didn't realize it until just now. It's, it's supposed to be, well, they put MPW, so that would be Michael Phillip Woyawoda. Woyawoda. Oh. 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 He's even version. So I'm used to yeah. I think they traded. <laughs> wow. That was intense. It always has reminded me of, of some of you won't know um, Ray Stevens, but if you do, oh, yeah. are you there, God? It's, are, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Margaret, <laughs> me, right? Are you <laughs> I got a couple things I need to talk to you about. I got my period. <laughs> it's me again, Margaret. Uh, uh, where he calls the lady and stalks her over the phone. What are you wearing? Are you naked? It's clear. It wouldn't, I don't think it would fly anymore, but uh, it always kind of reminded me of that because stalker songs, you know, this is. This is Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. I like how Michael always works him, his way into the songs somehow. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. So for the listeners that don't know, uh, what is the connection between the song and Anne Murray? Um, can we come to that later? No, because you guys brought it up. Well, I, I wanna, <laughs> I'm going to come back to it. I want to, We'll talk about the lyrics in a little bit. I'm not done with the music now, yet. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, yeah, it, by the way, the heavy breathing 
is not just Michael, obviously. Michael Phillip yeah. does do some of it, but also like when they're doing it live, Ed yeah. does the heavy breathing. Yeah. And man, it's it adds an eeriness to this song. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't see the heavy breathing mm-hmm. in the lyrics. This is in there? Yeah. Well, not, not the in the lyrics. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, I'm I'm on the lyrics. And I want to give I want to give credit too to uh Jim who just out of nowhere decides to pick up the fiddle and he's playing the fiddle in this song. But when he's playing it, it he is actually holding it like an upright bass while <laughs> of he's playing he it. That's so cute. <laughs> well, do what you know, right? <laughs> The other p- thing I want to point out is that the liner notes, I don't know if you noticed this, uh, Betsy, they credit Tyler Stewart on piano. Huh. Huh. <laughs> and uh, last I checked, Tyler doesn't play piano, um, which I think that's kind of a, I think that there at the end of the third, the second line of the third verse, there is this like, bong. like this keystroke where you can oh, that's, that's gotta be him like this yeah. really he just, deep he just took like his mallets or something and starts yeah. going to town the <laughs> I, but it's it has this nice want. sinister element like the the baseline and when mixed with steven's whispering and then mm-hmm. also like when the notes kind of turn to this minor type sound and and also kind of when they disappear for a few seconds like Jim's baseline gives this really ominous feel throughout the song. I know your address. I ring the bell. I bring you flowers and a 22. Like a sinking feeling. Mm. Yep. And then the other musician I want to point out on this is Murray McLaughlin is on mm. harmonica. Mm-hmm. And if people don't know who Murray McLaughlin is, this song was inspired when Steve was listening to Murray McLaughlin's song called The Farmer's Song. Straw had an old dirty hankies mopping a face like a shoe. Thanks for the meal. Here's a song that is real from a kid from the city to you. Is not actually about Robert. Um, yeah, Robert Keeling. Keeling. Um, but it, but it was what inspired this song, and while Stephen was writing this song. They were performing on Murray's weekly radio series, Swinging on a Star for CBC. And Steve shared with him about the song. And Murray would ask him about the song every single time that they saw each other. And so that's how Murray got into being on the harmonica on the song. Yeah, I guess they were working with different titles for that song originally, right? So at first it was The Farmer Who Likes Anne Murray. Then it was a farmer's song. And then... But they couldn't go with Farmer Song because Murray McLaughlin had already made it for him. Why they decided to go with Straw Hat and Old Dirty Hank, I don't know. Yes, um, 
like Stephen Ed, oh, you know, we love you. Maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, due to contractual engagements, you'd have to come separately, but please come out on the show. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> please, please, please. That'd be great. So there's one more thing I want to ask. So they, they played this live on Rita and Friends in 1996. Rita and Friends is, of course, Canadian morning TV show. And <laughs> Ed does the breathing. They're playing this really, really odd choice of a song that is sinister and about something that a lot of people in, in Canada knew about at this time. Is this, I mean, it's a quintessential B&L song, but is this really the go-to song off this album to play if you're going to be live on a, on a morning TV show? <laughs> It wasn't a single. <laughs> Quick program note. After this episode, I did look up Rita and Friends, and it is a variety show, not a morning show. So just kind of keeping that in mind that I had my facts wrong here. Hmm. I mean, it goes, goes well with your breakfast, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk to you about stalking <laughs> while you're eating your breakfast. <laughs> And while and while you're doing it, it will be in the background, heavy breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Just what everyone wants for. Well, don't breakfast. get uncomfortable about it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's all my notes for the music. Anyone else have musical notes? Because Stefan's really chomping at the bit to talk about about this the meaning of this song. Yeah, unleash Stefan. Yeah, I, I I don't normally understand song lyrics, so it's like how you're able to derive Anne Murray and this Keeling guy from this. I would never know from just from listening to the song. Well, would would anyone like to? St- I have a whole page and a half of notes on this. Would anyone like to start? And I will fill in as we go. Why don't you read and then we'll fill in what you miss, maybe. Uh, okay. Um, well, let's talk about the direct lyrics that definitely tie this to Anne Murray. Um, because they didn't name it after, you know, it could have been named The Farmer Who who Loved Anne Murray, but they decided to go away from that. But the second verse nails it in the coffin. So it starts off, you cried a tear, I wiped it dry. You cried a tear. I wiped it dry. You cried a tear. I wiped it dry. Basically, it's it's the pronoun reversal of the first line from Anne Murray's song, You Needed Me. I cried a tear. You wiped it dry. Right. Which is one of the songs that Robert Keeling um, was obsessed with um, around, around the whole Anne Murray thing. Um, and then the same with the next line. Which finishes the first verse of her song. You put me high upon a pedestal So high that I could almost see eternity So that goes back to that same song. And then later in the same verse, you have spread your tiny wings and fly away. Catch you spread my tiny wings and fly away. Spread tiny wings and fly away and take the snow back with you where it came from on that day. 
which yeah. is from Snowbird. Snowbird. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna start an Anne Murray tribute band. So. <laughs> now I just think put out a ska album. What do you get called? You needed me, or yeah, I'll do a ska <laughs> album version of oh, yeah, Anne Murray ska <laughs> crossover. I just oh, got. Go. I'll do it in a bagpipe version because I got a chanter for Christmas. Mm. Well, there you go. <laughs> nice. Um, it talks about you signed your your pictures with X's and O's. I did a lot of research on that. Looked at a lot of signed photographs from Anne Marie. She did not sign her pictures with X's and O's. Um, but Robert Keeling was very obsessed with the fact that she kept saying "I love you" and would finish her her. Uh, signatures on pictures with i love you or love um and so that was one of his things that he said was only for him even though she signed everyone's pictures that way Um, yeah i could see that yeah (laughs) other than that it's pretty much just a like if you take out that second verse then it would just be a stalker song that kind of nails it home that it's definitely about Anne murray though so like a, a wheat stock song yes yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 i got a boo from andrew was that a boo or a moo <laughs> Whoa. it was, it was a boo but, but, but now <laughs> andrew you boo i'll hiss <laughs> oh, wow <laughs> i never thought my career could reach such lows Aww. I don't like snakes. Oh, never mind. This is this is actually yeah. that high. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, um, so Anne Murray, where is she from? Canada. Canada. She is okay. from Nova Scotia. She's from oh, Canada. She? Hill, Spring Hill. Spring Hill, oh. Nova Scotia. If you ask oh, okay. Robert, if if he were okay. still alive and you asked Robert Keeling, he could tell you the exact address. Yeah, he was like, "Here, I'll draw you a map. I'll drive it, you." Yeah. Was Keeling, uh, hey, I'm on the was way. Keeling American? Hmm? Was Keeling from the the states? Yeah, no, he, too, right? it was he Canadian was from Saskatoon. Well. Saskatoon, <laughs> which is wow. why it was funny that they actually, when they the one of the few times they played it live after Steve left. Was in Saskatoon. I'm like, ooh, ooh, that. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Might go over like a lead balloon in Saskatoon. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but that's quite the journey because he did, he went over and visited Anne Murray's mom in Nova Scotia and Spring Hill. I mean, that's all the way across. I didn't just that's visit her. Showed up on her doorstep with flowers and tickets for an airplane back to Saskatoon for he and Ann Murray to Whoa. take a flight back to his house. He went to that's her so high sweet. school reunion. He and did. he went to her father's funeral. That yeah. one's the even creepier oh. one. <laughs> well, father's funeral. I thought that was Shania Twain. Am I wrong? No, that was. No, it, this is Ann Murray. Oh, this too. Oh, okay. That, yeah. The, he was um, showing us support. Shania Twain's uh, stalker took notes from from Robert. It seems. Ah. Uh, yeah, he he was a little obsessed. Um, let, let's talk about all that he did. Yeah, he attended Anne Murray's high school high school reunion, attended her father's funeral, regularly sent her gifts. Uh, showed up at her mother's home with two train tickets to bring her her and him back to the farm. Um, 
And in well, night, kind of rude. You didn't fight the mom. <laughs> nope. Um, and then they, they say chivalry is dead. <laughs> no. Why didn't she give him a chance? <laughs> Seems like a sweet she, guy. She was married with two kids at the time. Was she? Yeah. Marriage, married. Is Not according to him, though. According to Robert, it was a sham, and those people were fake and phonies and did not really exist and were actually just imaginations of Jim of, of Anne Murray herself. Well, that's convenient for him. And and even until his death, could not believe that that those people actually existed, that they were just a fabrication, was something that he continued to be. Uh, At one point, stuck he on. called well, more than three hundred times. So in is nineteen, there, is there a photograph of them all together? Yeah, there's <laughs> oh, yeah. A, there's a ton. If you look up Robert Keeling and Google him, it's insane. Like there's newspaper wow. articles. There's in nineteen eighty, no, he called her business office. Family. In 1980, he called her business office over 250 times in that year alone. And that's when she put a restraining order out. Um, At which point he broke the restraining order by showing up at her office um, with, with more things. Um, And that went, that's when it first went to trial. Um, And he said that she sends him messages via the radio and on album covers. Um, he and Mur- he says that he and Murray communicate, but not through real birds, but through the Snowbirds aerial team. Now, just so people understand, if you're not Canadian, the Snowbirds aerial team is the version of our Navy, um, Air Force, um, uh, what we call them. The the blue angels. Yes, the blue angels. It's the it's the blue angels wow. for Canada. Um, so they're sending specific messages through them. Um, and then in 1981, he asked for the UN to investigate the situation as a human rights violation. Um, <laughs> he was psychiatrically assessed and decided that he has erotic obsession and which is a schizophrenic condition. Um, and he then showed up again at her Toronto office on October 19th um, a- with a plane ticket, inviting her to his wheat farm in Swift River, Saskatoon. Um, that's when he was assessed and decided that he does, in fact, have a obsession. Um, Heck, I didn't even know they could grow anything in Saskatoon. <laughs> Uh, for that, he got a three months, like one month summer. The gross stalkers. <laughs> he got he got a nice winter though. He three month sentence and five hundred dollar fine. So he got to stay the winter in 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 jail. Um, you know, call me crazy, but you know when I'm in the courtship with a woman, usually persistence is a good thing, right? Well, he was arrested 18 times between 1979 and 1981 for charges of of public mischief and breach of probation because of this. And then between 1980 and 1988, he was convicted 11 times of of bothering her and breaking the restraining order. But he also grabbed her. He grabbed her three times mm-hmm. in on stage in Vancouver and Halifax. And once went to her house and she let him in because wow, she, hey, why not? she had no choice. So she's like, I let him in. 
And he promised if after he promised that he would behave to make him that so we could talk and make him see he was wrong. But yeah, he was he said, all you need to do is tell me in person that that you but that didn't love with me. Stop him. No. Um, matter of fact, nothing ever stopped him. Um, he was arrested again for attempting to contact her 263 times in 1988. Um, he sent her an engagement ring in the mail. Mm-hmm. And you would think that hope that at some point that he would, that, that the psychiatrists and medication, which he refused all medication and, and that the psychiatric help would help him to see this. But 1992, this is two decades after it had started. He actually submitted to the Canadian Supreme court to lift the lower rulings that prohibited him from contacting her. So it's not as he wasn't asking, get me out of jail, leave me alone. He was saying, no, let me go see her still 20 years later. Like he still was, fixated and obsessed on this it's actually a very sad situation mm-hmm. um and and he yeah. he ended up the dying poor guy and- being rejected that many times that's just <laughs> such a sad situation she um, should have given him a chance he was he he actually unfortunately died with this delusion in 2002 as you mentioned at the age of 66 um he was estranged from his family including his identical twin brother fred he died penniless and, and delusional. He was cremated without a service. And, you know, Fred, Fred shared that he was, he was really actually a very intelligent person, um, had an acumen for, for repairing engines. And after high school, he, he took correspondence courses at the University of Saskatchewan in psychology, English, French, German. Um, and before he returned to farming, he, he worked in the province's hydroelectric utility. Um, and he, and one day he actually risked his life by climbing a pole to try and rescue an electrocuted worker. Like it, it's a really sad situation that this man succumbed to this level of mental health and wasn't able to get the help that he needed. Well, he got the help that he needed, but it wasn't accepting of the help, which is very often the case with, with people who have schizophrenia um, because their disease, unfortunately, convinces them that the help that they need is actually people trying to harm them. Um, it's very mm-hmm. sad. And, and when I worked at Acadia, I saw it happen a couple of different times. Um, and it's it's you know it's easy to make light of it, and I don't mind making light of it at times, but it, it's just, it ended up being a very sad case. Um, I actually invited Anne Marie and, and her Don Don daughter Don um, to come on and talk with us. And, and um, she declined um, Don actually declined. And I, I don't blame her because this was a yeah. 30 year ordeal for this family. Mm. And When I say ordeal, it's not like, oh, the poor rich people. No, like this was extremely intrusive in their lives and and very sad. Well, and it was right around the time. I mean, it was occurring at the same time as as Lennon, um, as John Lennon um, was shot by John Hinckley. I mean, Mm -hmm. celebrity obsessions were, I mean, were epitomized in film. um, And you have, again... Uh, John Lennon, and you have um, uh, what was the other big one at the time? Um, Sugar. 
it'll come to me later. But it was dangerous because, oh, who was the guy that was obsessed with Jodie Foster? Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a real concern and, you know, obsessed fans. And he was erotically obsessed, which is frightening. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet they kept letting him out. Like he was, he was what? He was convicted 11 times or something. And convicted yet, eleven times, and before and restraining that, restraining order upon times. restraining order, and yet he was still able to get to her house. He was still able to follow her around. He was still able to access her, and it, and even though he was undergoing psychiatric treatment and being looked at, like it's it's kind of disturbing that he couldn't be shut down. Hmm. Um, and they did make. I didn't even realize that, that they had made a musical about it. Um, I love you, Anne Murray. Um, and, and it's said that it's handled gracefully, but I have a hard time that anything that anything discussing it from from his point of view would be done gracefully, just because it in a situation like that you have to take sides. And yeah, and, and I haven't you, seen it. And yeah. when you don't take sides, then you know you're doing a disservice to one of the two sides because there is a reality in in this situation as much as his reach with reality was his reality i suppose mm. that's the risk if you choose a career that puts you in the public eye so, as much as that yeah. you know give the guy a camera he could be paparazzi mm. yeah mm-hmm. they do anything they can to get in people's property and um in people's lives as well so uh yeah so they deal with it all the time I, some people want to be famous and celebrities, you know, but they don't understand that aspect of things. It's not not a pleasant uh, way of living. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I mean, looking looking at this, uh, I, I do view because like, to say I, I'm sad about the story and and, and Robert Keeling and, and not getting treatment. This story honestly makes me more angry because mm-hmm. of the eleven convictions and nothing yeah. happening. And like you said mm-hmm. about like, oh, you're 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 famous. You you kind of bring up. I don't agree with that. I don't either, one. Andrew. And, nope. And right. and honestly not famous people deal with this on such a constant and very few like very very little is done about helping women well, in these situations listen yeah. this is from Anne murray's biography autobiography she said um in toronto in 1978 i was about to do my encore at the royal alexandra theater when keeling who had somehow managed to get backstage came towards me from the wings a member of my band intervened intervened to block him another time when i was leaving a venue he came out of the shadows as i was getting into a car and grabbed my arm most of the time he would simply come up to the stage and stare longingly at me creepy even after being ordered back to his seat and warned of 
fiction, if he approached the stage again, he would just stand there staring. The more he was rejected, the more certain he became of his conviction that I loved him. The fact that I was happily married with children was for Keeling simply a public relations front. It's a matter of her using poetic, allegorical expressions of her career, he told a journalist. I was never frightened of him, and I didn't believe he was dangerous. He seemed to have a gentle soul, and he was ex- he was certainly intelligent. He read widely, had taught himself French and German, and could converse on a broad range of subjects. Mm-hmm. But you never really know in these situations, and that was disconcerting. It goes on. There's a whole amazing yeah. chapter about his impact on her and what happened um, that when he showed up on her doorstep. Yeah. Um, but oh my lanta well and showing up uh, not just on her doorstep but on, showing up on her mom's doorstep and showing right. up at, the, at the, his her father her funeral. mother had like, to have a uh, alarm system put in because he kept showing up there um and i'm wow. sure she was scared for her kids like in wow. like that must be frightening and like she, never this know. pattern continued for years court orders mm-hmm. issued orders were issued and repeatedly breached when Canada's Charter of Rights and Freedoms was enacted, Keeling studied the legislation in jail and argued in court that the restraining orders infringed his freedoms of speech and association, which were guaranteed under the Charter. On more than one occasion, he was released after trumping the courts on points of law. If he'd have killed her or if he'd had kidnapped her, she's she's a national treasure a canadian national treasure and that's mm-hmm. not even putting it low like in in oh, canadian geez. music fandom I, she's like oh mm-hmm. i thought um, that was celine dion <laughs> and murray i know it's alanis morissette oh, yeah right, right. <laughs> or jewel wait a minute is she canadian she's alaskan like, but andrew you, short? you made a really good point too or maybe it was heidi i, I don't remember which but this is something that yes it's happening to a celebrity and it was horrific but happens to people that are not celebrities every single day and the thing is is like we tell people go and get restraining orders restraining orders don't do anything until that's not easy to get like it, it's yeah it's very hard to get a restraining order a lot of times they're like well if, if they haven't harmed you or anything oh. like just ignore it. Like, it is hard to get a and PFA in a lot of this country. And that's what she said. By 1987, he'd been arrested 37 times and fined thousands of dollars. In the first six months of 90, of 88, he phoned me 263 times. As late as 1993, he was still serving time for restraining order violations, but there seemed to be no permanent solution. The offense was never deemed serious enough to warrant a long-term sentence and no quantity of warnings, citations, or fines seemed to deter him. And I think that's the thing. The, the thing is, is like, and I don't know what the laws are up in Canada, but they were treating it as a crime. This was not a crime. This was a mental health emergency. This was a person. Schizophrenia is serious. Like he honestly, uh-huh. truly believed in his soul. Like it, it, you could put him under a, a polygraph. He truly honestly believed that Anne Murray was in love with him and sending him secret messages. And then he was acting on that. He felt like everyone was against him because uh-huh. he had paranoid schizophrenia. The fact that he, for whatever reason, wasn't getting the medication that he needed and the the therapy that he needed to help change that is just sad did they have a lot of medication back then for stuff like that oh yeah i mean it wasn't 
great mm-hmm. medication. It was it was very volatile medication. Uh, had a lot of really horrific side effects. Um, but there were there were medications back then for schizophrenia. Um, mm. And most of them, the biggest one, of course, that was often given was lithium. And lithium mm. often had a lot of uh, side effects, um, such as it, it would make you very lethargic. It would make mm-hmm. you very drowsy and and kind of foggy. Um, also had a lot of sexual side effects. So, mm-hmm. like, people that were on it, it, it made you feel horrible. So, like, you could feel horrible all day or you could not realize that the world was as it is. And then, I mean, also, let's look at how the world is sometimes. Some of us at times would feel great about not not realizing what reality is as well. So, I mean, we look at schizophrenia as this is horrific thing, but sometimes it people would rather live in their delusions then live with the medication and the side effects and living in what we call reality. Um, it, it It's a really horrific di- uh, mental health se- uh, diagnosis. Would yeah. I- and working in the mental health field, I, I worked at a crisis unit with kids. Like they get into this, headspace uh where tracy you probably know the clinical term is like a perseveration mm-hmm. where they literally cannot stop mm-hmm. they just it's a, like a train that's off the tracks and there's no stopping it i mean i know so, we all say like oh i can't stop thinking of it people yeah. when they're in that mode when they are dealing with real honest to goodness perseveration it really feels as though someone is controlling your thoughts in those moments and you can't Stop. You can do everything yeah. you are told to stop those thoughts and right. you can do everything that everyone teaches you, but you have such an imbalance of chemicals in your brain that you are not going to derail that, that line of thinking. Mm. Right. <laughs> it, it, it's very sad. Um, it's, it's one of the reasons I could not work in, in a mental health hospital um, for long periods of time because it, it was really hard to see people living with the most severe mental health crises. Um, it is, it's really hard to see people at their worst in those moments. It's kind of an interesting thing. I know in psychology they do like a lot of twin studies. And it's so interesting that he has a twin brother that not affected at all. Mm-hmm. Like identical twins. Seems to have had a normal life. So. Yeah, it would be interesting to know. Why do I like this song so much? If that's what it's about, I don't know. What's wrong with me that I really like this song, you know? Well, listen, I mean, I think that this song, I mean, it's not like, oh, yes, this does it a great service, and but it it takes it from a very realistic point of view, and it paints it realistically as well. Um, I mean, it does grow increasingly insane as the song goes on further and further and and really kind of paints it from his point of view but not at a side not at a a level that you're like oh m murray must be in the wrong here but from the point of view of like this guy is is seriously disturbed right and he does it to a nice little jaunty tune great the jauntiness so um and is there an accordion that's being played 
Mm-hmm. In this song. Okay, so that's Andrew. one of the primary. Okay, what? So that's not that Andrew, not not Andy Creakin. <laughs> oh, I was like, I don't play accordion; I play ukulele. Completely <laughs> different. Do you think it's the accordion that kind of is designated as the um, uh, the instrument that is designed to kind of indicate a little bit of craziness or some kind of? Um, uh, kind of disorganization mentally there. I think that that, I mean, Heidi, you would probably be able to speak more to this, but I think that it does bring some franticness and, and manic to the song, um, especially with every thing kind of swelling to the end of that song. And that's one of the instruments that does it along with that harmonica and the fiddle. And I hate to say it, but also the heavy breathing, like the yeah. There's breath. a lot uh, that is yeah. It's it's there's a weird, disturbing creepiness to it that I think is extremely effective. Um, it's hard to just it's hard to wrap my head around. It was one of the first so, and I I've been a fan since '96. 95 somewhere around there um actually before then it was like 93 92 um and i st- like this one was the first one that kind of had the hair standing on the back of my neck it was mm. there was something about it that just i don't know what it was well now i do because i didn't know the story when i first heard the song on the album i was like oh well this is kind of creepy and weird and it's about the stalker dude and then when i found out what it was about i was like oh my god Well, and I think there's a part in there, too, where they do something with the fiddle where they kind of go up the string or something, and it sounds like kind of creepy, like a like a horror movie, or like, I can't, can't do, I can't do sounds, but uh, that but made the hair stand up on the back of my neck as well, mm. before I even knew what it was really about, so. I mean, well. this this album is very <laughs> dark. <laughs> yeah, but dark in a bare naked lady's way. So well, it doesn't come a... off as dark. It's it's got the layers. Well, I, exactly. But you think you got this song followed up by "I Know," followed soon after by "When I Fall," and "I Live with It Every Day." Like those are some really, re- and then "Old Apartment" has a pretty dark theme as well. Um, and then call me calmly is, you know, about a prostitute. Like they're going in some really d- dark directions in this. And then just a toy with the, the moderated Pinocchio. Like those are some but, pretty dark songs. <laughs> but if I think if they didn't have like the jauntiness and the lighter feel of the music or the catchier, the catchiness of some of the songs, I'm not sure I would actually listen to it. You know, it just kind of balances it out or something, or at least like kind of ropes you in. You're like, oh, okay. like this is a nice little catchy tune. And then you're like, well, I've kind of committed to liking it. I guess I still like it even despite the lyrics. But yeah, they totally (laughs) they totally lure you in a little. They do. You could easily take the lyrics to this album and make it into a death metal album and it would still work. <laughs> I love this as death metal, yeah. <laughs> I gotta new, start a new project. 
<laughs> not Heather's BNL, right? <laughs> um, to to go back to something you said a while ago, though, Stefan, BNL did take this a st- and maybe this is why they moved away from the farmer who likes Anne Murray um as a title because the third verse definitely did not happen to Anne Murray. It could have. I think that's what Anne Murray and many of them were worried about, but it didn't. Um, so for example, taking a hatchet to the radio, um, you know, his friends asking for proof that was never part of it. Um, you know, showing up at her doorstep with, with flowers and and a 22 with shells, like none of that ever happened, but I think that's where they were worried that it could go. You know, in the first verse, it was like, um, uh, maybe I'm confused about uh, the two of the three women who dictate what I'm worth. Is mm-hmm. that Mother Nature and Mother Earth and Anne Murray? Correct. Right? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Just trying to clarify that. So it's funny that you mentioned the uh, the flowers and the 22 shells. It's I think that's kind of, you know, how he's perceived in terms of like, how you were saying earlier, like he saved some guy's life and seems to be, you know, doing okay as a farmer and everything, but he's got this obsession. So like the flowers are kind of like, Hey, look at me. I'm a great guy. I've done some good stuff. And then the 22 with shells is kind of like the, like the second, you know, knock you out kind of hit where he's perceived as he would probably be dangerous or threatening. So it's, it's so it's so layered. It's so kind of messed up, but but I, yeah, I mean it was real life too. So I think that shows the double edgedness of the sword. Yeah, you know, there's exactly. flower, great, that's nice, sweet, but then there's also something that uh, can end you, you know, yeah, uh, bring you great harm. So there's kind of a balance or uh, you know, a polar opposite of that. Thanks, dog. Andrew, could I, could I swing a different question your way about the Rudy Reboot, Re- Reboots album for a second? Sure. And, and how that came about, because you you play Pinch Me on that album. Um, yes. And did you, like, there were a lot of, there were a variety of artists, and obviously on, on the album, and I listened to it today on Bandcamp, I had no idea it existed. Now I'm so stoked that I found it because you were our guest. Thank you so much. But how did that album come about? And did you select, like, did people select which song they were going to do for the album or how did that work? Yeah. So uh, I, I basically was just like, Hey, cause we, we first started with the dead folds one and basically people just reached out to me. I had a list of, of bands. And once that song was picked, that was, it was blacklisted from everybody else and it was kind of just whatever whatever everybody like wanted to do i i didn't like pick which songs people were doing or anything but, like we actually ended up with pinch me because we were originally doing hello city and the band that had pinch me dropped and we were like we feel like this probably needs to be on the album more than mm. hello city not that i don't love that song but it's definitely more of a deep cut it's such a great selection too. 
um it's such a great album like as far as the variety on the album well and you you mentioned variety from various bnl albums that were selected and i love the ben folds too by the way i'm a huge ben folds fan so just mm. like i now i'm now i've uh like the facebook page of the what knows that i'm like downloading the stuff on Bandcamp. i'm totally thrilled at hearing these versions of the songs and so here is the what nows version of pinch me i wanted to play a clip of that because it, it is wonderful it's amazing I, I love all of the ska versions on this album it, i found some new favorites there's a restaurant down the street where hungry people like to eat Try to scream, it only comes out as a yawn when you try to see the world beyond your front door. Take your time away, or I'm gonna make this now when you realize I got my size back for a while just to try to absolutely love that and by the way nice job with those fast those those word crunching lines there in the in the verse i mean the chorus yeah i'm glad i didn't have uh one week because <laughs> i make everything way too fast and one week would be possible with the speed i would have wanted to go oh so, uh, and one week came out amazing can i play a little bit of the oh, one yeah. week I mean, it's your show. You can yes, please. <laughs> yeah. It's been one week since you looked at me. Talked to it in the side, said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. Said get that together, come back and see me. Three days since the living room. I realized it's on my fault, but couldn't tell you. Yesterday, forgiven me, but it'll still be two days till I say I'm sorry. Hold it now and watch the hood wink. As I make you stop, think. You think you're looking at Aquaman. Very impressive with with the lead singer for Runaway Ricochet there. <laughs> and I just say that to be able, like, you can buy both of these albums, both the Ben Folds album and the the Naked album on Bandcamp for like pennies. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to go and buy these digital albums off from Bandcamp like now. Oh like, no, 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 no. Wait until the next next. Um, what do they call those Fridays where they where? Uh, yeah, Bandcamp Fridays. Yeah, they need to wait for a Bandcamp Friday because then all the money goes to the band itself. Oh, I will wait till Friday. I almost clicked on my cart and I there, was like, ah. I mean, there's certain Fridays that they do it. So, so originally I actually wanted to put them out for free, and like apparently you can't just do that without like mechanical <laughs> copyrights. Sheesh. So. It the cost of the albums are just enough to cover the mechanical copyrights, like so. Yeah, the Ben Ben Folds is two seventy five. Uh, Bare Naked Ladies is three twenty five, and they might be giants, which will be out this Friday slash past Friday, depending on when this comes out. Uh, and that will also be three twenty five. Wow! So yeah, you can get all three albums for ten dollars. That's mm-hmm. incredible, wow. and and. Like getting when you approached or who approached the band about about doing um, the tribute album. 
which band? You mean like BNL, for example? Like oh, we didn't we didn't approach them at all. We just do through uh, there's oh. like a slight easy song that you can license, so they get money from us. So hopefully they <laughs> they do right, yeah, I mean, right. No kidding. They, they've got a little chunk of money, but uh, nice. But other than that, yeah, no, I haven't reached out to any of the actual bands themselves. Well, uh, we'll just let them know. You got to listen, and uh, we'll uh, make sure you listen to this album because it's awesome. Well, thank you. I can only take credit really for one song, but I, I can take care credit for curating the rest of it i guess that alone like the fact that this exists in the world you deserve credit for for that happening because this really is great i mean we have the pinch me album which is bluegrass versions i love the fact that we now have ska versions of bnl songs yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> well so do i i mean bare naked ladies they go back for me like they were the first cassette tape i bought myself I was in the Virgin Records store in downtown Disney, and I bought Maroon on cassette. And uh, so they go, they go back quite a quite a while for me. Yeah, likewise. What's that you said? A cassette tape? Cassette <laughs> record <Yeah>. store. <laughs> the, the old eight track. We call them vinyls these days, but yeah. <laughs> I remember eight tracks. Yep. Riding around in my cousin's Wrangler, red Wrangler with <laughs> bare naked ladies playing, top down. Nice. The, the funny thing is now, now in the punk community, I obviously I'm in a punk band. I go and play punk shows. Now we have people asking specifically for vinyl and cassettes, and I'm like, yeah. what, you don't even have anything to play that on. Like, why do you have a cassette tape? We got CDs. They don't want that. You can find them. Yeah, I have a vinyl player that plays CDs and records and radio and Bluetooth. So they're out there. But yeah, yeah, like it's it's weird. Local punk bands are putting out cassette tapes just for people to like hold on to, and it'll come to the digital download code. It's like they just want something physical. It's like Mm -hmm. I I have a compact disc. (laughs) Please take that. I have this laser disc of our last. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I guess with our next album, we got to put out cassettes because people keep asking for them. I'm like, why? (laughs) What are you going to do with it? Well, guys, we should probably. Well, we haven't really put some numbers to this. Some of the lyrics, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can talk more about the lyrics themselves. I just kind of want to touch on a few of the brilliant points of the lyric writing here. Go ahead. Because I love, well, the simple line of, of Mother Nature and Mother Earth are two of three women who dictated what I'm worth. I, the rhyme scheme that they that is used uh, here, um, just some really great turns of phrases in here. Not just the pulling from the Anne Murray songs either. Um, I think... Um, the the use of farm materials, like I took a hatchet to the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I do it all for you. Like it, there's just um, the the use of the word you as well. Like it's your fault that I'm like this. You mm-hmm. did this to me. It's that whole movement of blame um and the way that he does well the i guess you got better things to do and the way that continues through the end of that verse better things to do yeah better things to do 
I just, I, there are so many things. And the flowers well, and two with shells, I think is one of the best lines. Just to, I mean, that's not a proven line. Like he never showed up with a gun, but it's, well, it's one of those that's kind of scary and creepy. One of the interesting things that they do with this song is you have your verses and bridge that are in the first and second person, but your chorus is in the third, the first and third person. He is talking to a courtroom. He is talking to an audience at that point. I didn't yeah. mean to alarm her. I didn't mean to to harm her. Is what they keep coming back to. Like right. they, he, but I know that. I'm supposed to be with her. Everybody knows it. Like her life is a sham, and um, we are destined to be together, and that's just the way it's going to be. And I wonder if it like. It, it's it is frightening like andrew said earlier it makes me angry that that was this was able to continue like for me that that would be torturous to always wonder like especially again uh it was john hinckley who was obsessed with foster and then shot reagan um and he, just the idea of of someday it would go too far oh i would never hurt her well, and but you mentioned I'm, she's that. in love with me and I'm in love with her and it's going to we're going to be together. Well, uh, and you, you mentioned it earlier, like, OK, Reagan was shot in what, 80, 80 ish. Um, John Lennon was shot in in 81. Yes, there was a lot of and, and the person that, that fell in love with John. 81. Lennon, yeah. So 81 was this like significant year around a lot of this coming up and being more, more obvious in the news. Right. Um, you know, in the person who, who fell in love with John Lennon, it was an obsession. Like when he killed John Lennon, that was not just a, ang he was not angry with John Lennon. It was an obsession type thing. And it is weird that a person would kill another person that they are obsessed with, but that's actually a, normal or regular direction that these psychotic uh, obsessions end up taking. It's crazy. Well, and didn't Hinkley like show up at Yale and stuff? Like I, I, for some reason I thought he also like he's, he stopped her wasn't just obsessed with her. I might be wrong. I, I remember reading something about that case as well at one point. Um, but then he ended up again shooting Reagan and mm -hmm. which was a dumb decision. <laughs> um I'm I'm sorry, I'm now I'm now I've gone down rabbit holes again. No, no. It happened. But anyway, <laughs> oh, so we get the ratings now. Should we do like Weed fields. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say wheat seeds. He sent her seeds. Wheat. He sent her wheat seeds, and she thought it was cute because that was the beginning. And right. oh, he sent me some wheat seeds. Oh, that's nice. Well, that's the thing. Is like some of this. It's that. It's that thing that they talked about on how I met your mother. You know the difference between between being someone that oh they love me this much to oh they love me this, love much. Me this much like <laughs> it, it really kind of depends upon the other person's point of view and if they've put across like no i'm not interested right. and it continues beyond that now it's not a likable endearing thing anymore um 
why don't we just why don't we do how many obsessions Obsession, your obsession. So, Andrew, I know, do I sometimes? I'll just let it go. Um, <laughs> Andrew, we let let it Blondie? Go. yes, it was Blondie. My obsession, it no, that wasn't. Yeah, no, was. it was that was Blondie. I human. Human nature, isn't it? My obsession. It's 1977, Blondie. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. You're my obsession. I'm sure there are other songs about being obsessed. Oh, I'm sure. Hold on. <laughs> the one that you were thinking you were singing was by Animotion, though, in 1984. You are an obsession. No, I was singing the Blondie one. Okay, hold on. I want to see if we're singing the same one, but just a different version. That's not it. Hold on. That's not it. That's not it. <laughs> that yeah, is definitely not it. Oh, I know this one too. It's not the same. That's the one I thought you were singing. Intro to every 80s song. Yeah, that's the one. Da, 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 da. Okay, so is that a cover of? Did you know what? Do that I wonder first? if it is because the original was Blondie. Yeah, yeah. Very likely that could be a cover, but yeah, it. Very See, that's well the one that I knew. I knew the Emotions version. I didn't know Blondie had a version. Blondie mm. always has a version. <laughs> You guys, I got a question though. I got a question about one of the lyrics. I okay. I tried to find what it means. Uh, like in the first verse, it says, "I bind the sweet veal, pluck the hens that make your bed." And to me, that means it's like he's doing like these kind of harder tasks, or kind of maybe uh, you know not cruel, but kind of like tasks that you have to exercise some level of like intestinal fortitude to do to make her more comfortable but i can't i can't find um does does i bind the sweet veal what does that mean to you guys is that that you tie well, up the veal like you tie you up literally the, tie like, it up you t well right. for veal you 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 have to tie the leg you tie the legs and you no. tie the thing because they have to be compact Oh, God. And they're not okay, supposed to move. The idea is that with veal the, is yeah, that their muscles the, are are right. soft it's and tender because exercise. they never use them. You don't want to know. Right. Um, well, well yeah, the, the less they use their muscles, the more tender they are. Okay. All right. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand how people eat veal. That, no. that grosses me out. No. There, no, there's a veal farm near me, and it's just like a bunch of like little dog houses where they're just oh, like okay, yeah. trapped forever. Yeah, just yeah. it's a step too oh, far for me. <laughs> okay, but it, I, I, I mean, just, when you think about it, once again, it gets him in that line about binding something that you yeah. know that is precious. Or really like, quick, really yeah, early <laughs> in the cruel. song. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. kind of gets you the feel of the Trade. of the 
of the cruelty really quickly. Very cool. Um, you were absolutely right, Tracy. The My Obsession Blondie version was a cover of the Rolling Stones version. So you were oh. right. I was mixing up my uh my um yeah songs. For some oh. reason, I, I had that confused with the other one um of Blondie's too. So anyway, you were right. Hey, it happens. Thank All you. Right, so what are we gonna rate this? Obsessions? I think we should go with how many obsessions? Okay. Um, and Andrew, we rank every single song from zero, meaning you wish that it didn't exist, that it was wiped it so it never existed off the planet, you didn't ever have to hear it ever, to a five where it's on your island playlist. So anywhere between zero to five is how we rank every single song. Um oh, just to kind of give I you love- a playlist feel i'm gonna let i'm gonna let the other guys go first and give you time to think um i'm gonna i'm gonna throw her into the bus and i'm gonna have her go first betsy no boy uh-huh. throwing me under the bus get tiger marks on me um so i've been thinking i've been conflicted about how i want to rate this because it is like it's like a lot of their songs are dark but you know presented in a in a you know more upbeat way but this was actually based off of like a true life scenario <laughs> um which makes it e- even darker still um but i think for me the in the end i'd like to kind of believe that maybe a song like this could ultimately do some good in terms of like bringing awareness of mental illness or awareness of um you know how how celebrities can be treated or even just how regular people who have stalkers can be treated um uh so i think when it boils down to it i'm gonna write it a 4.2 all right 4.2 why don't we move over to stefan i still have that stinking obsession song going through my head now (laughs) yeah now i do too I can't even remember an old dirty Hank. <laughs> <laughs> can't even bring up the melody for it now. <sighs> Damn it. Damn Heidi. Okay. So uh, sorry. That's all right. It's <laughs> such a good song. Really. I love it's one of my favorites. I love it. Uh I love the eighties. I am the farmer. I work in the fields all day. day. Okay. <laughs> that actually helps me. Thank you. Okay, it's cool. Um, yes. Uh, <clears throat> yes. The so the what nows? Um, uh, Straw Hat and Old Dirty Hank is an awesome song. Um, I think it's the best. Uh, um, Wait, what? <laughs> the what? <laughs> now, the what nows did pinch me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh darn it. Oh okay. They did pinch me. All right. Well, uh, I was I was reaching out there for for something, but it didn't work. Uh, so. I like it. You know, it's a typical BNL thing um, where there's it's never surface level songs. You know, they're always writing about something, and it's usually intellectual and requires thought. And you can you can go into it and break it down. That's why we have this podcast, is because break it down. You know, <laughs> it's like there's depth to it. So that's what's kind of cool about it. As far as bringing awareness, I mean, as far as a guy like me who's just listening to a song and doesn't Google anything about it, I won't ever know that's about stalking. Um, I wouldn't know. It's just sounds like a farmer doing stuff. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I don't think it would do any or have any impact on me and 
uh, trying to reduce my stocking because um, I'm, I'm a pretty good stalker. Most people don't even know I'm there. So um, what I would Until do now. Is, I love you. You don't know. I, you still don't know. I love you. I love you, Kevin. Let's make our family I couldn't go a whole show talking about stalkers and not mention Kevin. I like soup. I am kind of stalkery towards Kevin. I Did you give like- us a number, Stefan? I didn't. No, you guys started going <laughs> off. So I just left you. Um, no. All right. So uh, Betsy has a, a good ballpark for I'm going to rank it for, you know, it's a catchy tune. Um, it sounds good. Uh, now that you mentioned an island playlist, gosh, it's like, I don't, I don't know if I would put anything on an island pod list, um, you know, playlist, but um, yeah. So I'm going to rank it for obsessions. Is that what it is? Obsessions? Yes. Yes. By awesome. Calvin Klein. Obsession by Calvin Klein. Yeah, that stinks. Have you smelled that? It stinks. No, I think that's the one that some uh, some uh, species of the cat family are attracted to, right? That's the one. Have you guys heard that? What? Either obsession or yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. Hold on, let me let me check it out. Uh, hey, Heidi, how many obsessions do you give this song while she's looking <laughs> that up? I this is long, hell? but wait, what? Yeah, I'm true. I'm... <laughs> This has long been one of my favorite songs, um, and obviously, it's it's brilliant. And for me, this is this is uh, this is a five for me. Um, I think it's brilliantly written. I think it's it's disturbing and bizarre, and one of the reasons that I've loved BNL for as long as I have, which is a long, 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 long time. So it's a five for me, <laughs> dog. So Andrew, I, I think you kind of got a feel of the <laughs> the different flavors that we bring to the ratings. So yeah. what would you give this song? Um well I'm gonna go on a tangent about cats and perfume. Uh I I would give this a solid four point six three obsessions. Uh for me, yes, it has that darker tone and I to me it's I, I put it akin to like a horror movie like yes it's dark but it's a beautiful piece of work mm. uh, i love this song so it would definitely be on on repeat for me all right and i guess that leaves me since we don't have uh we don't have aaron this week and uh you know this is i think one of my favorite stalker songs of all time i mean there's some really good stalker songs out there um i think of like stan by eminem i I love yeah i forgot about that one another good blondie song one way or another that's definitely a stalker song and of course Mm -hmm. every breath you take by the police yeah i mean (laughs) definitely a stalker song if, if i've ever heard one but i think this is definitely up there on on the top of those those lists um so i'm gonna have to give this a poor four point six six obsessions because i am obsessed with this song nice and uh so a little bit of bare naked history for this week this is a pretty good week in bare naked history
This week in piano history, this week in learning history, it's history of their Um, This is the week, guys, that BNL recorded part of their pilot for the Bare Naked Ladies Variety Show. This is when they recorded uh, the, yeah. the yeah. studio audience part. So that's why we know for a fact that they <laughs> that they recorded it this specific week. And it was also the week that the Ships and Dips 3, which was their second cruise, took off from the coast as well. So ah. pretty important stuff happened this week. They did five or six of those, at least five, right? The they did four of them. One, three, five, oh. and two. What? <laughs> sure, okay, that makes sense. No, sorry, one, three, five, and four. One, three, five, and four. One, three, five, and four? Yep. <clears throat> um, guys, I, you, <laughs> you know what it probably felt like when they were on that cruise? Even though it was February, January, February, it probably felt like summertime. That'll be next week's song, by the way. Um, but Andrew, I want to hand it over to you one more time. Where can people, we've told everyone like places that they can go to hear these albums, but where can people hear more of your stuff and your band? Um, I mean, we're, we're everywhere. We're on Spotify, Apple music, uh, all, all the YouTubes, all those things live in the kind of, that's it was a good time to see and hear us. Um, but uh, that'd be the whatnows.bandcamp.com. You can, you can go there. And for Rudy Reboots, it would be rudyreboots.bandcamp.com. Uh, new album out already, I guess, for They Might Be Giants. Ooh, exciting. Yay! <laughs> I'm putting that into the liner notes. That's why I'm pausing. Because <laughs> I want to make sure that people can easily access that. And uh, thank you so much for joining us, Andrew. You were a lot of fun to have yeah, on. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. I nice tried to meet you. Thanks uh, for coming for on. Now it's on Spotify. It seems like there's only one album that's on there. Um, yes. Yeah, I have one album. Okay. So where can I where can I get more of your music? Like pinch me and all that stuff. You said that there's three albums. So um so there's three albums on the band camp, which is uh okay. we'll we'll have one song on each one of those. Okay. Um and that's paper song yes. or uh no, it's it, the whole album uh is like Ben Folds is like two dollars seventy-five cents and BNL and they might be giants is three twenty-five. Gotcha. You can get all three of them for 10 bucks. Okay. That's a bargain. It's a bargain. It's <laughs> a bargain. And if you don't know how to find that, that will be in our liner notes for, for people to just easily click and go to. <laughs> <laughs> you too, Doggo. Oh, you heard that. Click Sorry. the link, Doggo. Yeah. Shut up. It's like, I love Scar. Blast the Scar. Oops, I think I have just that one particular album. I wanted the whole band camp. <laughs> I wanted I wanted all of the the what nows and I got somehow just I just got misread allegory. So <laughs> Well that would be the only thing we have on Bandcamp. Oh, okay. Uh, That's like why I keep bringing it. It doesn't back link to like each thing. Yeah. 
we're uh, we're working on a new album right now. That's why we recorded the next two Rudy reboots so that we can focus on recording that. That makes sense. Yeah, so we're done till August <laughs> currently, and then more Rudy reboots. And then yeah, then we'll probably record Prince while doing our album. Honestly, that well, I am very much looking forward to that. That one's gonna be that one's gonna be fun. And if you haven't gone over and listened yet, um, I joined people on the Lyrical Innuendo webcast uh, podcast to talk about, um, well, both um, the Prince song Little Red Corvette, which is what spurred me to think about that, and also BNL's version, um, BNL's song Wizard of Wonder, uh, Wizard of Magic Land. Um, Wonderland. <laughs> very different. Wonderland. <laughs> so I recommend going out and listen to that. That was a pretty fun podcast as well. That's episode thirty and episode thirty-one, which are out Ooh. now. Yay! Please come back next week and listen to us talk about summertime. And thanks. That was fun. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget, no regrets, except maybe... Thanks for having me. New England? Possibly, hopefully. It's hard. Some some members have kids and stuff. <laughs> I I can. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com 
Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 